Hi there, friends. Welcome to another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. This episode, Shane and I are thrilled to have BZ Cullens, better known as BZ The Voice. He's got over 20 years of experience in the entertainment industry as a voiceover artist and has also recently done on-camera acting in the last five years. He's got a wealth of experience and great stories and information for us. I really loved having this conversation with BZ. He was a great human being just to interact with. So, so thrilled to have him on and I do hope you enjoy. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of the No Small Stories podcast. Hello, hello. We've got Shane back co-hosting with me. And today we have BZ Cullens or BZ The Voice, which I love it. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. It is an honor. You definitely do have absolutely a voice for radio, as they say. (laughs) But... But definitely don't have like, you know, the face for radio, as they also say. So good for you that you're getting into now um, some television commercial acting because get that pretty face and that beautiful voice out there. Right. Bless your wonderful heart. You are too good to me. (laughs) That's what I'm here to do. So um, you do voiceover work. You've been doing voiceover for over 20 years and you have an impressive resume again with, you know, the television uh, film. You have your own radio show in Las Vegas. Very, very busy man. Uh, Can you start off for us with what inspired you to get into acting or performing in the first place? Well, um, my thing is, is I've known always known that I wanted to be in entertainment since I was five. Um, there are performers in my family. I, some people say that it it's inherent or whatnot. I don't know, but I just knew that I wanted to be in entertainment. Um, my brother and one of my cousins, um, we used to always pretend that we were like in a band when we were five, trying to make up our own songs and stuff like that. Oh, very and, fun. And, uh, three years later, when I was eight years old, I hit puberty and my voice changed. And hairs started growing in places that I wasn't expecting. And so I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And the craziest thing is my family has been teasing me about my voice since third grade. Oh, really? And well, jokes on them. It's how you get your income now. So (laughs) guess who wins, right? Yeah. So um, crazy enough, uh, an uncle of mine um, hit me up when I was 15. I was like, I was I was watching like a high C commercial mm-hmm. and they were doing and, and they were doing the this this old school shooby doo wop type vibe. Yeah, yeah. And so I was doing the, you know, high C ba-doom, ba-doom. And then my <laughs> uncle goes, Hey man, you know you you make a great bass voice. And I really didn't pay any 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 mind. And then uh some years down the line, a buddy of mine who was a singer, he goes, Hey man, I want you to try this out. And lo and behold, we started a, a five-man vocal group from that. Very cool. I love it. So from there, like, what was your first paid gig that you ever got? Like, what was your, like, your first introduction into the career element of, of this creative interest that you took? Um, the first paid gig, I would probably say um hmm, what was it 
It was a I, while ago. I, I, I was going to say, if you've, been in, in, if you've been doing this for as long as you yeah. have, I'm sure it's, you know, not the first thing that comes to mind, but. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a while. I, I, I wound up studying opera while I was with that singing group. So uh, got, a, got a little bit of a, a different uh, approach to singing. And uh, my coach got me into a uh, presentation, a, an onstage musical presentation. I believe that was my first paid gig. Uh, at UNLV. Very um, cool. And, yeah, so I played a Spanish ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you and, do have, uh, I saw quite a lot of accents that you do as, as part of what you offer for voiceover. Spanish is one of them. Correct. I uh, speak conversational Spanish, so it was pretty smooth. Nice. So is that the conversational Spanish, was that something you did? I mean, are, are those things that you have specifically trained for, for your voice acting or performance? Or are these things that, you know, you've picked up in life? In life. Um, I, I wound up uh, taking Spanish in high school. Um, and at the time I had a Puerto Rican girlfriend. I, she was riding with me for like six years and I had a Puerto Rican girlfriend and um, I I breezed, blasted through Spanish one. Then when it was the final, the next year, it was time to go to Spanish two. I they blasted me to Spanish three. I was too good for Spanish two. Oh, and nice. I so it's helpful to you know date someone who speaks the language. Then right? Yeah, yeah, and and, and also it doesn't hurt that uh, the summer between junior and senior year. I worked in the kitchen at Marie Callender's and all of the brothers were from over the border. And so I spoke sp Spanish all summer. Oh, very my nice. Summer job. So it, you were sort of uh, divinely placed in the right spot to be able to just pick right up on it and use that skill. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. I dig it. Yeah. So what sort of... Um, because you do also do some coaching. So, you know, you've yes. been doing this for a long time. What sort of, do you do any sort of voice exercises or things that you do to kind of keep your voice trained, I guess you might say? Like, is there a regular, you well, know? as it sits right now for me, um, from time to time, what I will do are the old exercises that I used to do when I was studying opera, which were primarily geared around uh, strengthening the diaphragm because that's where a lot of singing comes from and so it also helps that um when i'm doing long form narration like an audiobook you know mm -hmm. i'm not running out of breath like so um it definitely helps with that you know strengthening the diaphragm and also getting in some cardio work. So, you know, I'll get in either some dance fitness or beat saber on the meta quest. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Love Beat Saber. It's my favorite. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that one. So I'm oh, just... yeah, you must Stand get familiar with that. Arms is the best. <laughs> All right. Well, Shane's going to have to show me then because that's, <laughs> that's one that I don't know. I'm not cool and hip enough for, for all you kids with your crazy games. <laughs> No, that is really very cool. Um, so, and I was going to uh, ask you as well with, um, so the coaching is, um, is that something you do for people who are, you know, also looking to get into the industry or like what kind of clients do you take on for the coaching? Correct. Um, the, the, the thing is, is I've been doing voiceover for over 20 years. And so 
I have trained with the best. I've been coached by the best. I've been produced by the best. I've worked with the best. So the best is all that I know. So, um, and with everyone that I've worked with, they've done anything and everything to, to put me in a position of being a major market voiceover talent. So that is what it is that I do in coaching students. There are individuals who have no performance background and they want to get into animation or something like that. There mm -hmm. are individuals who have an acting background, individuals who have a singing background. If you have a singing and an acting background, that just makes life a little bit easier to train you and coach you. Mm -hmm. um, the quarantine, when it kicked in, boy, oh boy, did my coaching and demo production business explode. Why? Oh, I bet. Hollywood shut down. Voiceover didn't. Right. The majority of the time we do our work from home, 95% of the time. So um, th there were a lot of out of work Hollywood actors. So their agents started submitting them to voiceover projects, but they didn't have the training. They didn't have the tools that they needed. So my inbox, as well as my bank account was quite fat. <laughs> Very. So it worked out pretty well for you when everybody was stuck at home. Indeed. And, in, it, in addition to my own work. So it's, yeah, it's good to know that at least, you know, at least there were some silver linings to, you know, that whole quarantine and the pandemic. I think oh, there are a lot of good things that did come out of it. Do yes. you um, I mean, would you say that you've seen a lot of in, in the realm of good things coming out of a bad situation? Because I mm -hmm. love to try try to focus on the good, you know, um, one of the things that sometimes we talk about, you know, Shane and I on the podcast is the avenues that have sort of opened up even more in terms of like platforms and content creation um, online, especially with the pandemic. Have, have you seen from your perspective in the industry, have you seen a, a positive shift in that way come out of the pandemic for opportunities for people or, or just access in general to things like coaching or, or, or new opportunities for voice work or for getting into acting and performing? Well, I mean, absolutely. Especially because those who were gatekeeping Hollywood, the gates have been busted down. They've been kicked down. They can't, the, the, and the gatekeepers have been, have gotten jumped and beat up. They can't keep people out anymore. Uh, especially with the onset of YouTube and Vimeo. All you have to do is come up with something that's catchy. There's, there's, a ton of people that are out there who have amazing ideas, but they don't get their shot at being seen or being heard. Mm -hmm. And now with the onset of YouTube and Vimeo, all you have to do is put out a product out there that a multitude will enjoy and somebody's going to pick you up. There, there's a young lady out there named Issa Rae. She put out this little sketch joint on YouTube and HBO picked her up. Now she's got a, a series out there called insecure on hbo forever and now she's a multimillionaire with her own production company that's all it really takes um Isn't there were that... challenges that were issued by casting directors during the quarantine uh to put together a one minute short film credits all this that and the other i did exactly that i, I put together a green lantern short film one minute on a on a galaxy s10 plus I mean, but isn't that kind of the amazing thing now that you can, things can just sort of take off for you all of a sudden because there are so many, you know, opportunities available. And it, it, again, something that we talk about and something I say very frequently that, you know, 
there's billions of people on this planet. The the chances that there's not a, a, an audience available to you are pretty slim. Like if right, get, yeah. get, get yourself out there, put your content out there, whatever it is. And chances are you're going to find somebody who's interested. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm always the, uh, the negative Nancy sometimes to, <laughs> to like over, uh, to, to Haley's, um, positivity. I just, I, I do really enjoy the age that I'm in the sense of just like, yeah, you can start and do anything and learn anything that you, I mean, you really want to, I mean, just go for it, get into it. There's, there's going to be people to, to teach you it, um, people to connect with and whatever. I just, I always, for me, it's overwhelming the saturation. Like I obviously didn't like the gatekeepers before I'm a writer. And so similar gatekeepers when it comes to, okay, getting published, like doing all these things, it's like, I would hate that. Right. But at the same time, it's nice that there was a funnel where, as opposed to now everything explodes. And so it's like, you do have more options to find, but the, I don't know, the, the avenues to get there are, um, at least for me, it's, uh, it's crazy. So I I never know where to go. All right. I never know. Or maybe I'm even more discouraged now because when I I do put it out, I'm casting it to the world. And if, somebody in the world as big as it is doesn't come back to me it's it's just disappointing sometimes i guess if, if that makes sense you know <laughs> so i i have a question for you shane um now are you with the writers guild i'm not no uh i'm i primarily write poetry um i've, I've okay. always dabbled more in, in writing and maybe even script writing someday but um no i do more poetry at this point so okay understood understood that's okay, something um, I should look into though and get into. I do write a fictional podcast cool, also yeah. that yeah, so and I do a lot of like short story writing. Yeah. It, it, so tell us a little bit about that yeah. then. What's what's yeah. the sort of benefit I guess to being a part of a writer's guild? Well, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I I was basically about to I mean, if Shane was a part of the guild, I was about to give him a congratulations because the writers their strike is over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, they've they've you know, they've reached, you know, they've reached an agreement um, originally. You know, it's, it, my thing is to to big up anybody who's in arts and entertainment, no matter how small or how grand they are. Mm-hmm. The the rumor mill was that the average Hollywood writer makes 70K. And it's like, are you kidding me? That's that's peanuts. They should be making a minimum of double that a minimum mm-hmm. of double that. 140 minimum because they're the ones who are putting the stories out there that we have to perform right we have to act the cat the crew they have to put together the sets and and all the resources that we need in order to get those stories told these people need to make a lot more money than they're making but as it sits right now now we're striking and oddly enough i'm blessed enough to still be working in Mm -hmm. abundance right now it's crazy However, um, the benefit for being in the writer's guild, I couldn't honestly, I, I couldn't tell you that. I'm just happy for the fact that they have settled and that they have come to an agreement and uh, it they, is their, nice. their strike is over. It's nice to know that we are living in a time where creativity is becoming more valued in terms of, um, you know, income and being a serious job, you know. It's to some degree, there's still some amount of, you know, go get a real job kind of thing. That's a pipe dream or what have you. But then here's like, like you said, you have work coming in still and you're still able to, you know, so it it is possible and it it can be lucrative and it's there. Mm -hmm. The opportunities, 
I understand what you're saying, Shane. I know that yes. it can be a little overwhelming in terms of you got to post on all the different social medias and where where do you get your audience from in the best way sort of thing. Um, I mean, do you have any tips and tricks in that realm that, you know, just building a client base or building, you know, an audience for yourself? Um, I'm going to address something that you just said. Those the, the individuals who are the naysayers, the ones that are talking about go get a real job. Mm -hmm. um for anybody out there who's watching and listening to this um as it sits right now you're listening to three in three individuals right now who are a part of the arts and entertainment industry and for those of you who are the naysayers the who do you think you are or you'll never be able to or you need to go get another job you people are drunk off a of haterade and you don't even realize it haterade <laughs> i love that that's yeah. that's great so um now for me personally building an audience building a network um i do things old school um like when it come when it comes to like representation like agencies i pick up the phone and call mm -hmm. hey okay. are you accepting some more accepting submissions for voiceover talent and they'll either say yes or no and if they say yes they give me the information in order to submit um, you and I connected in a, in a way that I use quite often through LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, is a lot of people don't un don't even understand the power that LinkedIn has. Mm -hmm. I have um, been really kind of amazed at how how many people I've been meeting on LinkedIn. So, you know, it is kind of it's interesting to me because I would not have picked that as where I would have expected to meet people, you know, so yeah. it, it is definitely one of those, I don't know, not necessarily a best kept secret, but maybe not like the first go to thought people have, especially with the prevalence of social media. People think that's the, the route it you isn't. have to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you a, a lot of people look at LinkedIn as uh, like being a scrub of the social media uh, industry, but it really isn't. It's just it's a gem. Mm -hmm. um it's just a matter of if you know how to properly use it because the thing about linkedin as opposed to everything else is linkedin is all a with a bunch of l's behind it <laughs> business yeah mm -hmm. it's not social it, it i wouldn't even i wouldn't even classify it as social media i would classify it as business media i agree but and it's uh, it's been interesting to me to to see how beneficial it has been, even just for, you know, finding people for the podcast. And, you know, and that is something that we do also talk about is the creative community, the value of, you know, getting yourself into a creative community mm -hmm. of, you know, like minded people who are entrepreneurs or, you know, who are getting into this kind of work. Um, so can you speak to that a little bit? I mean, what sort of you've been doing this for over 20 years and, you know, building a creative community virtually was obviously not always available. Right. No. So, um, you know, what, how do you blend the, the different techniques uh, from old school and, and now? Well, I mean, as it sits for me now, um, you know, the craziest thing is I've been doing voiceover for over 20, but the on camera has been for almost five. So, um, building a network with, on, with, with the situation on camera, I actually use the, uh, the sets that I work on. So 
um, a lot of people are like, oh, man, did you meet this person, that person? I'm not worried about meeting that person and that person. I'm worried about meeting that person and that person. In essence, crew members, mm-hmm. the DP, the uh, the sound. Let's see. The thing is, is um, every time I'm on set, I'm I'm always drawn to the sound operator and the boom mic operators. Why? Because I have these two massively expensive microphones in my studio that I use almost on a daily basis and we can relate. Yeah, for sure. So I make I make connections with crew members as well as cast members. If I'm on a set with somebody who's an A-lister, I talk to them as if they were every other human being and we we have a chop it up session. I don't treat them like they're high and special and high and mighty. I will approach them, introduce myself and say, hey, look, you know, it'll be great to work with you. But I don't put them in a position of where I'm going to go and connect with them on social media. I'll go and connect with co-stars like myself or background actors and connect with those individuals Mm -hmm. as well as crew members. Well, there's there's probably more energy almost uh, almost behind. I mean, when you get to a certain status, I mean, it's A-listers or whatever else don't have the same maybe passion or drive or energy yeah. but but yeah. the up and comers the, the people doing it behind the scenes the ones that are really hungry i mean that's like but even being in in opera which i assume is is much like theater um when you put on yeah. productions if not yeah. basically the same just you know with singing um it, it is that very like same uh vibe where it's like you know cast party is for everybody like this is everybody's production you know right. from the best boy up to you know the, the leading actor you know from lights to to sound to, to anything in the back just you know hitting a certain light so yeah man um the the and that's that's one of the, the one of the craziest yet the dopest things about working in theater because i've i've done that as well um is you you're with this ensemble for months mm-hmm. then the production is over and now there's a hole in your soul because everybody's gone right yeah and you've gotten this you know you've gotten this you've gotten used to being in this particular group and there's a whole lot of love mm-hmm. and um a whole lot of camaraderie that's been built over this this span of months between every day at rehearsals and then the actual performances then the run is over and it's like uh i mean there are still some people who i've been in contact with like some kids that I've known since they were five and now they're in their twenties. Mm-hmm. That's fun though. You get to sort of watch them grow up. And I do love that, you know, building that sort of, you know, it is a temporary family and I'm sure when it's over, it's, uh, you know, it's sad to say goodbye, but uh, you know, in the creative community, I do think when you can get on a project like that, and I would love to hear more about uh, your theater acting and uh, because I did, you know, it was another facet that I do like you just do everything, don't you? <laughs> but I, I do. I love that. I, I love the camaraderie like you're talking about, you know, it's it's something special when you can create something in, in as a unit. Right. And being able to share that accomplishment, even if it's sad to say goodbye, it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing that you can be part of projects like that. It's very exciting. But do tell us more about, you know, so the theater and the opera, which uh, I I've never seen a proper opera, but I would love to. I do. You know, who doesn't want to be pretty woman right up in the 
up in the balcony with Richard Gere. Right. Um, you know, the craziest thing for me um, is I can perform in a musical or in a theater all day long, but I cannot sit through one. Oh, really? I, I do not know why that is, but I can't. I will I will literally have a genuine interest in what it is that I'm going to see. I'm, is, there's going to be somebody that I, I either know or I'm just interested in the story. Yeah. And next thing you know, I find myself <laughs> like you just it's not exciting enough if you have to sit sit there and you don't get to participate. Maybe you're just, you know, th yeah. there's yeah. not enough adrenaline to to being the observer as much as it yeah, is in I, being the performer. I guess that's what it is. But but being on stage is a totally different beast, especially when it comes to opera. When you were singing opera, of course, you know, now we have microphones, but in the days of yore you'd have to sing in a coliseum and your voice would have to travel. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, because of because of where my voice lives, um, I needed to find a way to be able to project it. And that was one of the reasons that I took up opera. In addition to the fact that I'm not a naturally aspirated singer. So I was with a five-man vocal group. Those cats were naturally aspirated singers. I wasn't. So I was trained and taught to sing so am i a great singer no but i do know how to hold a little bit of a note enough right. to get away with it well so um but my projection mm -hmm. ability because of the opera training is off the chart it's yeah. not like it was when i was training but it's still still relatively high yeah and uh yeah i can't imagine i'm I consider myself a pretty soft-spoken person just by my, my own voice and the way that I, you know, carry myself in other conversations. And so uh, I've been part of a couple theater productions just in college and stuff. And yeah, if you don't train, uh, yeah, if you don't train your diaphragm, if you don't do those things, uh, yeah, you might be able to get the volume, uh, but then you just sound like you're shouting. It's so hard to get the dynamics and the level, <laughs> you know, on the same, on the same thing. And uh, so absolutely. that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So theater's fun. It's fun to perform in. I am so sorry to my people in theater who are out there. I just can't sit through it. I don't know why. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> I think that's probably you want to be a part of it. I don't know. I, I feel the same way when I watch like sports and I'm not a big sports guy and I'm not athletic in any way. But when I see like a baseball game or a football game, like, can we go out and play catch? Or like, can we right. go like do something, pass the ball around, like just like, but it is hard for me to sit and watch it and not, if I'm either not doing it or being a part of it, then I just, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, if it's a sporting event, I'm only there for the snacks. I have yeah. to be honest. <laughs> that, that's what I'm there for. Uh, so for yourself, what, what sort of uh, preparation do you do then if you are getting ready for like an audition or a performance? Um, you know, it, obviously, depending on what it is, it might be different. But, you know, how do you prepare for things like that? You know, getting your voice ready. Um, as it sits now, um, I've been doing this so long. I mean, I don't really have a preparation regimen. Um, I get the job. I, see, I, I take, a, uh, take a beat, read what the job is about. Uh, go through a few ideas. I mean, if that that would be the only regimen is go through a few ideas as to how I'm going to approach it, if it's going to be voiceover copy or if it's going to be a commercial script or if it's going to be a television script. Now, when I get when I get uh, on camera work, what I do and it, it, this is what's actually helped me book 
And it, it's, I think it's specifically only to me. Everybody has their own process. My process is I'll take an on-camera script and grab my pencil and chop it up to make it conversationally fluid, just like I would with voiceover copy. Because okay. that's basically what it boils down to, especially for commercial copy for voiceover, is it's, you know, the days of yesteryear and Gary Owen and Sunday, 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 and next time on <laughs> Rowan and Martin's Laughing. That is now, anytime you do something like that, it'll if, if, there in, if there's any work that comes up like that, it's normally a parody. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, especially with commercial, what happens with that is literally what's going on with you and I conversational delivery Mm -hmm. the art of reading without sounding like you're reading so that's how the approach is with commercial copy for voiceover so usually i'll take a pencil and either put in some punctuation take out some punctuation underline a word for emphasis this that and the other for on camera scripts i do the exact same thing i do for voiceover copy then i act it out and it's just been working now, and that's not to say that that works for everyone, but that's what's worked for me because I'm like, why do y'all want me? Why do y'all keep hiring me? I mean, a major case of imposter syndrome. Uh, I ain't I, nobody but another bald headed black dude. Why do you people keep hiring me? Even dude. after 20 years, you still have the imposter syndrome? Well, for on camera, yes. I Well, but you know what? If you're still getting work and you're five years into it, you're obviously doing something right. So yeah. I, so, I, um, I, I think I, it, you can. It, it's taken a while, but uh, I had to wrap my head around the fact. I'm like, okay, dude, are you a baller? No. Are you a lister? No. But you are a working Hollywood actor. Yeah. Accept it. Deal with it. Yeah, James Earl Jones has got to pass the mantle on to somebody. So, <laughs> At, see, there you go. <laughs> You can those you are can... some big shoes to fill, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. I have faith. I believe in you 100 percent. So among all of the mediums that you do work in, uh, you know, even though you are newer to the, you know, on camera acting, do you have one that you enjoy the most or that you, you know, is maybe the most sort of playful for you? Um, My first love has always been music, but I've I've sort of kind of actually gotten um really immersed into this on-camera thing um it is an absolute blast um when it comes to voiceover um as far as voiceover goes the the most fun of the genres in voiceover is animation it is that's a blast now mind Mm you uh my ultimate goal for voiceover is pretty much the top of the mountain which is movie trailers and tv promos Mm -hmm. um but also when it comes to animation, I want to be one of the dudes they, they call on to be the voice of Optimus Prime. So very um, nice. And I have I a pretty did, solid I, Optimus Prime. So I was gonna say I was listening to the demo that you have on your website for it. That was one of the first things I saw and clicked <laughs> on was oh, Optimus Prime, sweet. <laughs> I, I I dig it. I thought it was pretty good. So I I'm not sure who out there needs to call you to be Optimus Prime, but you know, may the gods select you. Well, yeah, um, I I made an appearance on Ellen last year, and I did it that strategically for the purposes of promoting myself as a voiceover talent. So the thing is, is this whole entertainment thing is a strategy. So all it takes is one person to see that video and it's a wrap. Yeah. 
Yeah, just one person. (laughs) No, but I think that it's, you know, that mindset is probably part of what helps you (laughs) to, you know, continue to to have things keep rolling your way. You know, I, I do think mindset is a lot of any part of what, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're in the creative field or, you know, whatever is your particular chosen path, having that mindset that something's going to come along. It only takes just one right thing to happen, you know, focus on, focus on that. And I think things will work out, you know? Yeah. Haley and I joke that we have to, we have to think that we're looking back on ourselves. Like this is, you know, the sixth episode of like a thousand episodes in the future. And we're just Mm -hmm. like back and like laughing, um, you know, and trying to, trying to keep that in mind. Uh, One, I guess one question I did have for you too, um, you know, when you are on the up and up and you know you're, you're you're stable you've got your thing going on you know what you're doing and you're you know um i feel like one of the first things that you start to do is you want to you know either coach or like mentor you know other people that do the same thing and when people come to you either for training or, or some sort of direction uh you know when we were talking about covid and the pandemic i think i think one thing that not necessarily bothers me but unsettles me is just like the realities that as a creative or as an artist. So I feel like everybody being locked in and being, you know, out of work or whatever realized that everybody creates in, in whatever they do. I feel like everybody creates in, in their job or in their hobby or in their life, like everybody creates. And I also believe that I think everybody also entertains in a way everybody kind of has those, you know, they're, it's just, it's just human to do both those things. Uh, but then I think the reality came, it's just like, okay, people realize that they may, need to create or want to create but then they don't know how to like put that into the world they don't know which path to follow i guess which is the the overwhelming fact for me it's like you know what passion do i go with what what is really a strength and what is not what could be a strength and what's worth spending time on so when it comes to, like that direction when you maybe give mentorship to, to others who come to you for whether it's acting or or um you know more voice acting or anything like that uh, music anything uh how do you direct them in the you know best way? How do you coach them to figure out what they're either good at or what they should do or how to even make that decision? If that how do you yeah, how how do you direct your energies in the yeah. best way for because Haley know. and I like, you know, we're always like this too, where it's like, I don't know what to go for, like have all these right. projects, have all these irons in the fire, and we right. want to give attention to all of them. But as a creative, that's always kind of the thing. It's like how much can I do and should I do? First things first is if you have an idea, act on it immediately. Um, there was once upon a time there was a cartoon on the Cartoon Network called the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, they introduced uh, they introduced a gentleman by the name of John Stewart who played the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, wait a minute, who is that? Wait a minute, uh, I never saw him before. I'm familiar with Hal Jordan, not John Stewart. Yep. They changed, uh, I think, at, after it was season three, they changed the John Stewart character's look to this. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so um, I kind of sound like the dude. I kind of look like the dude. I'm kind of built like the dude. I think I want to be the dude. And then <laughs> I wrote a short film. I was, n- I, I, I was never a writer. Mm-hmm. I just said, I want to be the dude. And then I wrote a short film. Now I have two Green Lantern short films based on the on the, the Green Lantern, John Stewart on YouTube now. And I'm currently writing the third as a trilogy. And because of that, I have several articles in DC Comics News because of that. 
I had an act. I had an idea. I acted on it. The thing about it is we don't know how we're going to do anything. We just know the what. But once we proceed with the what, the how to do the hows show themselves. Mm-hmm. See, I am absolutely all about that. I really do have that's definitely my vibe and where I'm trying to keep my mindset that it's not about knowing the path. It's about acting on what you're excited about and what your joy is in the moment. You know, I love that. Like you said, when you have an idea, act on it, because Mm -hmm. whatever that idea is, there is I you know, I do absolutely believe that there's when you have this kind of creative calling and you follow it. It's because there is something that's drawing you forward. There is something that's giving you guidance, you know, and you can view it in whatever way you want, you know, higher powers, you know, put it in whatever terminology works best for you out there in the world. But I I do believe that that mindset and that trust of if I just do the thing that I really enjoy doing in the moment when I have that idea, something will come of it that leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. You know, there's a way to there's a way to make it real other than yeah, just two things. <laughs> um, Dr. King said, take the first step in faith. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. That's one. Two. Uh, I'm in Vegas, West Coast. I can drive from Vegas to New York in complete darkness. With a set of headlights. Seeing the next two to three hundred feet in front of me. You don't need to see the whole road. Just know that the road is there. That's it. A hundred percent. I love it. That is, you're speaking my language really quite a lot right now. I appreciate (laughs) you, friend, because I am with you a hundred percent on this. Yeah. That's, that's, that's literally how this whole situation works. And that's how it is for those of us in arts and entertainment. Understand that this thing is not guaranteed. There's nothing guaranteed. Nobody is guaranteed to make it. No, but no one is guaranteed to uh, to thrive. Right. But if you love it, just go and do it. You don't have to make money on it. Um, if you do something, I, I truly know that with every fiber of my being, if you do something um, that you love and you have a heart space of service, you will absolutely be richly rewarded for that. I believe that a hundred percent too. I, you know, it's again that you don't have to know how, but just know that whatever you feel best doing is probably your best way to be of service. And if that is true, then there's something also built in to the universe, to life that is meant to support you in doing that because that is your best service. It's sort of like the harmony of nature. I like to think, you know, like we all have things that we're good at because that's the role that you should play you know, that you naturally have that ability because that's the space that you have to contribute, you know? And so there's definitely something that will support you in your contribution because you're following, again, that heart space, that highest joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, the good book says, there's, there's a scripture in the good book that says, your talents will make a way for you. that and and what else do you need to know right that's (laughs) if you just have the faith that that is absolutely true and follow it a hundred percent everyone has some kind of talent someone some kind of gift that is a positive contribution to the world it's just up to them to hone it 
and to and properly and positively properly and positively distribute it. Mm -hmm. I think that's I love that messaging. I'm all behind it. So I appreciate you, friend, for that. I really are. do. <laughs> I, I am. I, that's, that's, I'm in that positive realm. I just know that if you just keep that, keep on keeping the good fight, it'll all go well somehow. No, I'm surprised mm -hmm. I didn't even take my uh, antidepressant today and I still feel pretty. Yeah. <laughs> You're inspiring me. <laughs> awesome. There you go. Awesome. If you can put a little bit of good out into the world, that's all you need. So I. Um... I'm going to quote Will Smith's grandmother. She says that if you lead with love and light, goodness will always follow. And again, I do believe that is true. And it's the same. It, if, if you're doing what you love and you really enjoy it, you can't help but be leading with love. So. Right? There you are. So I do want to ask, one other uh, thing here, who mm -hmm. inspires you when uh, you as a performer, when even maybe in your in your early days, who, who might have inspired you in your performances or who still inspires you? Who are oh, your yeah. personal um, favorites? Well, as for voiceover, I mean, it's always it's been um, a couple of guy, cats, Don LaFontaine. He's no longer with us. Um, he was the original in a world. He's the, he's <laughs> the, the, the original trailer that. voice okay yeah um so you're don lafontaine and then there's of course peter cullen who is the i am optimus prime so okay um <laughs> the shoes um, that you are so very ready to yep. fill <laughs> so um you know uh don lafontaine peter cullen um rodney salisbury um if you were ever watching any TV commercials and you hear, need a moment, chew it over with Twix. <laughs> um, there we go. I'd love it. <laughs> so, yeah, th those are, uh, and Keith David, of course, who is, he was the voice of BMW, the voice of UPS. Um, he's also an on-camera actor. Actually, that dude, he his career is the blueprint that I want. Um, I know he played, he played, uh, Goliath and Gargoyles. He was the voice of Spawn, and so, oh. and he's also, uh, you know, he's also uh, on camera actor. Does you know does television and movies? Um, again, his his career is the ultimate blue blueprint for mine. I'm not looking to be balling out of control. I just want to work, take right. care of my 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 family, uh, entertain people, and be entertained. Um, another, uh, 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 big, big inspiration to Sean Connery and James Spader. It's a wrap. Oh, <laughs> I love, I do love James Spader. He's got it's a rap. A, such a interesting energy. I think. Yeah. Those cats are elite. Yeah. Finding Forrester is like one of my favorite movies. It's about, I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen it. But it's a writing movie too, and just like ugh, the best. Yeah, those, no, yeah, those cats. Very cool. Hey, you know what? You're absolutely of the caliber that you belong on the A list, yeah. and I, I we can't wait to see you get there. I'm, I will uh, dance and celebrate on your behalf. <laughs> Bless <I will>. you. <laughs> we shared. 
Yeah, we share a Zoom with this guy. That's <laughs> like, right. I mean, this is, it is cool. When, like, yeah. So when great. you are Optimus Prime, you'll have to come back. Definitely. And we'll have a nice little check-in. Yep. 100%. It's going to be Amazing. great. And Haley I love can be it. Bumblebee, and she'll just talk through the radio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I could. I could, could absolutely do, do that. <laughs> that is awesome. Th thank you so much. I I am honored. That is that is just that is the the most heartwarming compliment. Bless you. Oh, I'm so so thrilled to have you here. Really, I've enjoyed this so much. I do so appreciate you coming on to the podcast. You know, even like supporting our little adventure here that we have rolling. You know, because again, you just you never know. You never know what the next step is going to be. So I appreciate that you join us on this little journey. Yeah, so, this has been great. I, yeah, really nice to meet you. So, so likewise. Before we would go, please do plug all your stuff. Let people know where do where do they come find you. We will share your links below. What do you have coming yeah. up? What do you want to plug for yourself? Um, as it sits right now, um, I don't have in much of anything. I just I literally have only a photo shoot, and uh, that's about it coming. However, I have uh, started writing a new series. It's called Wilshire Boulevard. Um, and it's sort of kind of a vibe between entourage ballers and the raw in your Sounds face like married with children. Oh, fun. Yeah. The that insults will fly. Fun. Everybody's going to catch the smoke. No one is immune. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like Thanksgiving at my house. I, I love right. it. <laughs> so um, in order to find me, if if you, an individual cannot find me, something is truly truly wrong <laughs> everything across the board everything everything is bz the voice everything youtube everything. linkedin instagram tiktok facebook everything is bz the voice if you cannot find me you have a serious issue and you need to be admitted you your google machine is working you should be able to find bz the voice anywhere this is true Absolutely. We do so Everywhere. appreciate you. And again, looking so very forward to having you back after your blockbuster film comes out. <laughs> I will be just absolutely thrilled. I will have a party hat. I will have one of those little blowers. It's going to be great. Awesome sauce. <laughs> um, there are a couple of films out there that are in post-production. So be on the lookout. One of them uh, is called Winter, Spring, Summer, or Fall. You'll see me uh, having uh, back and forth with Jenna Ortega. Um, very exciting. Another one is called The Image of You. You'll see me playing a cop uh, alongside with uh, Mira Sorvino. She's in the scene with us. Very so, fun. Um, those things are coming up, but, uh, you know, we got this strike thing happening, so things are kind of slow. Yeah. Hey, listen, it's all right. If, if the writers can move forward, there's got to be a way forward for you guys. I will hold the positivity for you. I believe that it will turn out well. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for joining us. BZ the voice, BZ Collins. It has been Yay. great. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Hi again, friends. That was our conversation with BZ Collins. As he said, known as BZ the voice, anywhere you might like to find him online. We do have his links below in the description. Thank you so much again, BZ, for joining us. If you'd like to support more of the No Small Stories podcast, you can join our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash no small stories. 
And do follow us on Instagram at No Small Stories Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, friends, and we'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>